Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. Welcome to Being Lutheran. Wasn't that lovely intro music? I, yeah. Hey, I love our theme song, and I love that we don't halfway through the life of the podcast have to worry about some band or copyright lawyer <laughs> hammering. I feel bad for yes. issues, et cetera, it's issues, et cetera, because I so long on that podcast I identified that it Viva La Vida yes, like Coldplay. I, I, I miss that. I had to change. Yeah, right. uh, ours is free of that because, Brian, mm-hmm. you uh, took some public domain tracks and sampled No, I actually created it Oh, all. you yeah. created it? Yeah. Right. Oh, I thought you, you took no, pre-existing. It's oh, even better. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah, I'm a... I'm not a really great musician, but um, there are a lot of tools. Mm-hmm. So I utilized MIDI and samples. So I did do yes. that. So, yeah, you know, I mean, but. So you're a blues artist. We should call you Cool Papa Ricky. Oh, I like rock and roll. <laughs> I'm just like rock and roll. But no, it, it is created, yeah. produced, and yeah. nice. recorded. At I love our theme songs. Yes. So that's yeah. good. Make good. Get your attention. So I'm yeah. Pastor Jason Goodham, by the way. Yeah. Hey, we had <laughs> our regular cast of characters. We do. And I'm Pastor Brian Ricky. The usual suspects. And we are talking about. Baptism. Baptism. I, I halfway. <laughs> the word of God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that guy. Hashtag that guy. I kind of wanted to just, just spend this episode just saying baptism over and over again in the background. But. <laughs> well, that'll be the final episode. That'll be the final episode baptism, of the series. Baptism, baptism, baptism. I, I, I thought about doing that with vocation. Just oh, to right. Make up for it. We'll just have an episode yeah. where we say, we didn't mention vocation last week. I don't week. think we did last <gasps> week. Yeah. Oh, we should be flogged. It's yes, a, it's a tragedy right. because va- baptism has so much <laughs> the continuing in your faith aspect yeah. of it. That's that's the twenty seventh episode of. We baptism. touched on it. <laughs> we touched on it. We, we, we kind of snuck around the perimeter mm-hmm. on that one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, there's a lot of great questions to ask and answer about baptism, and so we're going to do our best today to do that. And we're wrestling with the question. This episode, why baptize? And uh, we'll go from there. Why do we baptize? And, and believe it or not, there are denominations that... Don't baptize at all? Well, there are denominations that consider themselves in the tradition of Christianity that question the necessity of baptism altogether. Hmm. And, wow. uh, you know, I, I think Luther addresses this in the large catechism because of all of the nonsense going on with the radical reformation. You remember, Luther crosses the Pope, right? He... Uh, let's give a, a quick crash course in history. Isn't there a podcast like History in Five Minutes or something? Yes. Like that? I can't remember what it is. Yep. Uh, crash course in history. Luther nails the 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg on Halloween. He was actually carrying a bag of treats that he had taken with Not, his kids yeah. as he had gone trick-or-treating. Trick or treat. yeah. and, uh, <laughs> no, he, he, he nails the theses. Uh, he was not a Lutheran. Uh, at that point, even theologically speaking, he nailed these theses to a door as a Catholic monk. The next day, he was a Catholic monk. Probably mm-hmm. for two more years, he was a Catholic monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were meant for academic debate. Uh, but they, they they sparked this firestorm because the, the higher-ups, the cardinals and, and the people in the Roman Catholic Church couldn't let it go. Mm-hmm. And so Luther, driven to study more, and finally he crosses the Pope. And, and it's at the Diet of Worms. Mm-hmm. And what is that, 1524? Where he will not recant. Here I stand, I can do no other, is the the apocryphal quote from Luther at the end of his examination. And once Luther mm-hmm. is condemned by the papal bull, 
and he's excommunicated and he's crossed the Pope, that becomes free license for all manner of people to do the same thing. It, it just kind of, starting in the mid-20s, it goes nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just like handing out participation awards to everybody, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a new way to think about Zwingli. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you get guys like Zwingli who come on the scene, and yeah. even in Germany, even in Wittenberg, you know, uh, you have some of uh, Luther's colleagues, is it uh, Agricola? Mm-hmm. Is he the one who went into the antinomian? I, I'm not a historical theologian, so if I get named wrong, I appreciate the emails and the corrections. Sorry, Pastor Lee. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Pastor Lee. Well, I don't think Pastor Lee listens anyway, but it's to okay. our history prof in seminary. But anyway, you got people who's like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. You have the iconoclasts who are throwing the images and out I of the I wish church. I could remember, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Bondage of the Will was written in response to... Erasmus, Erasmus of Rotterdam. Erasmus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you got all this radical reformation mm-hmm. going on, and then you get to the Anabaptists in this. And, and the Anabaptists... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We got to play that in Amish music. Yeah, right? but we see that in love, <laughs> I the, think. <laughs> the Anabaptists are one of the few strands of the Radical Reformation that actually in our confession, the Book of Concord gets mentioned by name mm-hmm. uh, and condemned for their errors in, in heresy. And it's because they just, we don't really uh, know what to do with baptism. Anna means again, so they're to be baptized again. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have traditions where they just refuse baptism altogether. The, the Salvation Army does not recognize a need for baptism. Uh, that's the theological wing of the Salvation Army. I mean, we all think Salvation Army of thrift stores and bell ringers. Uh, But as a movement, the Salvation Army does not make a statement about the necessity of baptism. They're not offended by it, Mm -hmm. but they... You don't need to be baptized to be a member of the Salvation Army. And and so we, we go all the way back to the roots here. And, and what we would acknowledge from the word of God as a Christian principle is mm-hmm. that God, in fact, commands us to be baptized. He yeah. institutes it. I think that's where you need to start. tells us to do it. Yeah. Yep. You need to start there and go from there, I guess. Yep. Asking this question of, you know, why are we baptized? You know, if, if you just ended with that, then it would maybe lead us to say it's a thing of law, something that we do, mm-hmm. you know, since God has commanded us to do it. But we don't stop there because of what else scripture says about baptism. Yeah, God can command us to do something that is for our own benefit. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe an analogy you can use, and we always hesitate to use analogies to, to draw theological truths because they sure. break down. Yep. But uh, if a parent tells his child to eat, that, that food the child eats is still for his benefit, mm-hmm. you know? What if the child doesn't eat? He starves to death. Yeah. Uh, the same thing. God commands us to baptize because ultimately it is wrapped into the process of making a disciple in the Great Commission. Yep. Well, and even what you said about the Anabaptists being brought up in our confessions, I would just like to read the Augsburg Confession, is what we would subscribe to as an AFLC. We're not there yet. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that, that, I'm going ahead. We're, we're at least but it is 75 taught, episodes away from the Augsburg Confession. But it's proper to this conversation. So <laughs> it is taught among us that baptism is necessary, and a lot of people struggle with that word, is necessary, mm-hmm. and that grace is offered through it. Children, too, should be baptized, for in baptism, they are committed to God and become accepted 
acceptable to him. On this account, the Anabaptists who teach that infant baptism is not right are rejected. Mm-hmm. So who's going to bring up the uh, knee-jerk straw man argument? Yeah. You going to do it, Brett? You want me to do it? You mean like the one what where? About what about the, the guy that gets thief on the cross? Yeah, thief on the cross, or the guy that gets saved right before a car accident, or yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think things. of the different ways. Well, I've in heard scripture, it. it'd be the thief on yeah. the cross. It's always the thief on the cross. Yeah, and so multiple ways to handle it. The best is just to look at the theology of it. But but quickly, we the, in Lutheran circles, baptism is necessary, but not absolutely necessary, kind of a thing. Uh, a better way to look at it is that it is not the lack of baptism mm-hmm. that it matters. It's the rejection of yeah, baptism exactly. is a bigger deal. And there uh, you go. That's a good tweet from you, this post. Yeah. This episode. That was actually in class. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and we, you just simply look the thief on the cross. Is he an exception? Great. Now, what is the normative experience yeah, right. for Christian life? It's not like he could come down and get baptized. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> or, do most of us find that the entirety of our faith from beginning to end is spent hanging from a cross? <laughs> Sometimes it feels that yeah. way. No. <laughs> Theologically no. speaking, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, in reality, no. And in fact, I would be hard-pressed to find anyone in the world right now who knows someone where the entirety of their faith beginning to end was spent hanging from a cross, which means that the thief on the cross is not a valid objection to baptism because, because it is not the norm. Because all of us have opportunity mm-hmm. at one point or right. another Correct. to embrace and mm-hmm. be baptized. But it does lend comfort. The guy who comes to faith mm-hmm. in a car accident, yeah, yep. we're not worried. Moments oh, no, before you, you the... didn't get baptized. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we find no comfort in that, right? No, it's, again, the theological... Uh, area we go to for these exceptions is to make the distinction between the alien and the proper work of God. Mm-hmm. You know? I think sometimes, you know, we get to this point where we want to dot every I and cross <laughs> every T so much that we yeah. don't just allow God to work according to his own sovereign will. In his nature. Mm-hmm. And, and this he is longs the... to save. He wants to save. He sent his one and only son. God mm-hmm. so loved the world. Can't we just let him do his work? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and, and stuff like this is where doctrine gets its bad reputation because yeah. we're crossing the line from truths that are applied in scripture to academic debate, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. But we look at it, God's- But that academic debate has implications for our It has implications. Daily life. We, we make distinction. Yeah. We, we want to make distinction. We want to confess with clarity what we believe, why mm-hmm. we believe it. Absolutely. But we look at it, we, we understand baptism with one of these fundamental truths that it is in God's nature to have mercy. It is in God's nature to save. That is what God's desire is. First Timothy 2.4, God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where baptism is not possible, or plausible, we still have the nature of God's grace and his mercy and his love mm-hmm. and his compassion and his steadfast love and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. But in the case of a normal situation, again, it is still not normal in the Christian faith to come to faith, live your whole life in faith, and die in measurable moments. That most of us live out our Christian faith in, in a length of days that exceeds 10 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Is generally the case. And, and so those are the people to whom so, baptism has been given. So the what what's happening in baptism of an adult that has already come to a, 
a knowledge and a, a faith through the means of grace of God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, from that angle, of, I know we're thinking from the flip side of a of an infant, but from that angle, what we are doing is simply trusting what God says in His word. And we vocation. Are, we're, it's vocation, <laughs> and. In the vocation of Christian, we have the promise that in baptism we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the, pro- the, the promise in uh, Romans that baptism is our connection to Christ's death and resurrection. And in that situation mm-hmm. where an adult has been converted yeah. and then is baptized later, uh, we have a, a great opportunity to present that one of the benefits of baptism is assurance of salvation and comfort. Mm-hmm. Is, is that now uh, alongside, not even in spite, but alongside all of the internal confirmation mm-hmm. that this converted person has received, he now has an external objection, objective application of the gospel that he can rest on or she can rest on when that person's faith begins to be tested. Mm-hmm. So the question that someone might want to ask at that point is, would you baptize an adult that hasn't confessed Christ as Lord and Savior? And and why wouldn't you? Because isn't that then consistent with infant baptism? Oh my goodness. Where did you come <laughs> up with um, I've actually been asked that question. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have too. Well, how did you answer? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, volition. Uh, that um, an infant, we were just talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, infants can't reject the saving grace of the gospel that is brought through the sacrament of baptism by the power of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, where an adult can. Uh, we Although get into sometimes shaky, a, the... we get into shaky ground here a little bit because um, trying to not um, use conjecture and maybe even an emotional in emotional response uh, to try to keep those subsided and just kind of stay uh, to the truth of Scripture. Um, trying to teach them in the book of Acts, and we talked about this previously, that when you see adults getting baptized in Acts, it's first-time conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Acts, we also see, and this is why I also showed him this, that sometimes the gift of the Holy Spirit was received before baptism and sometimes after baptism of even adults. Mm-hmm. And so there is a power that is in baptism uh, through the Holy Spirit. Again, it's the Word of God, it's not the water, you know, but adults can reject in their sinful nature the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we don't necessarily always arbitrarily just baptize Take adults who have confessed and, and spray water yeah. all across the city. Because it's not a hocus pocus formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and the buzz phrase in the confessions that describes what we're talking about with that is called ex opere operato right. by the outward work. Yep. It, it, it's not simply just getting wet. Mm-hmm. That is where the effective the the effective element in the baptism is the word of God. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, an easy answer to your question is no. I would not baptize an adult who is not confessing uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior. But that does not mean that it's. Uh, a difference between that baptism and infant baptism. It's a, or it's inconsistent with the theology that you're practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I tried to express that as well. So yeah, good. Yeah. Good. So what, what's next here? Where do we go from here? Well, so we, we've got the question, why do we baptize? And, and what we would acknowledge then as kind of the process by which, uh, at least I have explained the differences in baptism in, in, in how we understand it is the series of three questions. Mm-hmm. If you take Protestantism or even the whole of 
the Christian church, we really have three questions to mm-hmm. ask and answer about baptism. Uh, the first one is, who do we baptize? Mm-hmm. The second is, how do we baptize? And the third is, why do we baptize? Mm-hmm. And where most of the debate happens is with the first two questions. Mm-hmm. The who do we baptize? You got the infant baptism issue. The how, how? do we baptize is sprinkling, immersion, pouring, mm-hmm. you know, that's all those debates. But it's really the why do we baptize that that we really need to be spending most of our time mm-hmm. with both to clarify what we believe and yeah. to delineate the differences because as we've mentioned before, and mm-hmm. we're going to have so many of these episodes, I just, every sentence we're going to start with, as we've mentioned before, <laughs> uh, we as Lutherans view baptism as yeah. a work of God. Right. Yep. Uh, I mean, all we could use like a, I didn't, a drop the mic kind of moment is mm-hmm. well, Jesus told us to. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough, but mm-hmm. you know you, you can ask why did Jesus tell us to and all, and all of these things. But in the end, we are being commanded and instructed to do something that God has promised to do for us, for mm-hmm. our comfort. Mm-hmm. And and where we get the the teaching that baptism was work of God is simply by comparing all of the baptism the passages in the New Testament about baptism and looking at what they promise. Mm-hmm. When you start to write down the benefits mm-hmm. of baptism, yeah. you realize, I can't do this. That's that's This is not within my power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you take a Bible concordance and look up all the references to baptism, you'll, you'll find that you'll, over and over again, something is happening through it, something is happening to the person being baptized. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's even, a fruitful study. Even even just doing a rough outline really quick, You, you let's say we first run into baptism, other than John, mm-hmm. uh, we first run into a, a really key theological uh, argument for baptism. You run into the Great Commission. So, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, right? Yep. It's the Great Commission. Okay, what role or function does baptism play in the Great Commission? It's one of the way means of... Making a disciple. Okay, so that we recognize that the Great Commission is a call to make disciples. It's, it's not a call to go. It's the beginning of discipleship. Yeah. So, so it's part of the process of making mm-hmm. a disciple. So does that look that something we do? We're involved in the process of making disciples. So let's be fair. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. But can we make a disciple? The no. Answer, no. No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word so, of uh-huh. Again, this Christ. is doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Divine monergism, mm-hmm. that God is the only active party in our salvation, means that we do not make disciples. And you know, and I keep I always do this, and I'm going back to John chapter 15. I just think it's such a great and poignant picture that Jesus gives us that he even says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so as we are grafted into the beautiful vine of Jesus Christ through baptism, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we become a disciple of Christ. And even as a disciple of Christ, all of our spiritual nourishment comes from the vine. Mm -hmm. It totally and entirely Mm -hmm. comes from the living word of God who is Jesus Christ and not of ourself. What does a branch do to mm-hmm. produce fruit? Does it grunt in its own strength? Mm-hmm. No. It rests and trusts in the completed work of Jesus Christ yeah. and abides in the holy word of God to allow the word of God to accomplish that which it seeks to do. Mm-hmm. So that's our starting point. Yeah. We'll skip over Mark 16 mm-hmm. because of reasons we mentioned in an earlier episode with uh, manuscript evidence. But as we mentioned before, <laughs> that's that's a big one. <laughs> he who believes and is baptized will yeah. be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Yep. We'll skip over that. We'll skip over John 3. 
because it does not mention baptism. So there's some argument whether it's talking about baptism or not talking about baptism. Mm-hmm. The next big one is Acts 2, 38 and 39. Mm-hmm. Uh, the response of the crowd to yep. Peter's Pentecost what servant, brothers, what must we do to be saved? Peter answered, repent and be mm-hmm. baptized every one of you for the remission of your yeah. sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Mm-hmm. What is that verse saying? Yeah. No, it's so, a question. Oh, l- rhetorical l- l- question? No, rhetorical no. questions don't play well on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> this promise is for you and for your children. Yeah. Okay, well, so the promise is for you and your... Fr- so, first those of all... those who are far off and those who are in the air. It's a promise. All those who God calls to himself. Yeah. So, yeah. we identify one feature. It's a promise. What mm-hmm. else is those two verses saying? Mm-hmm. What are the benefits of baptism? First... Yeah, there's forgiveness. Okay, yeah. is that something for I do or acquire the forgiveness on my of sins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... And the reception mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't purchase mm-hmm. that. I don't earn it. Mm-hmm. So baptism is connected with the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Both, both Work gifts. of God. Gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, here is a major distinction in American theology. If we start talking about unlocking access to the Holy Spirit, what thread of American theology have we entered into? <laughs> That's the prosperity gospel, yeah. right? Unlocking the work of the Spirit, opening up access to miracles and blessings and all the, that is prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. Here, the gift of the Holy Spirit connected to baptism is the work of God, mm-hmm. not the work of man. Mm-hmm. Okay? So again, is baptism something we do or something that God does yeah. for us? Yep. Okay? That's a big one. Okay, we'll work ahead. Romans 6, 3, and 4. Not a rhetorical question. What is that talking about? <laughs> uh, we've been buried with Christ in baptism. Yeah, right. Yeah. So our death and our Christ's death and Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. we are connected to those by baptism. Mm-hmm. So we would logically and legitimately ask the question, is there anything I can do by my sincerity, by my piety, by my efforts, by my holiness, by my good intentions, whatever it might be, is there anything I can do to connect myself to Jesus Christ? According to Romans and Ephesians and many other books that Paul wrote, yeah, no, no, because uh, the grace of God has been manifest apart from the works of the law. Yes, apart from the works of the law. And in fact, Christ is God's gift to us. Absolutely. In our place. Thanks be to God mm-hmm. who, who, oh man, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Thanks be to God who gives us the gift. Ah, oh, man, it just evaporated from my brain. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. People, to end the episode. I'll wrap it up here quick. Like yeah, uh, good. Uh, so again, baptism is our connection to Christ's death mm-hmm. and resurrection by God's work, by God's activity. Yeah. What is it? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. My goodness, where's my brain going? Okay, so there we go. Uh, next major one we can highlight, Galatians 3.27. Mm-hmm. Uh, Being clothed with Christ. Yeah. Those who baptism. have been baptized. Have put on Christ. Mm-hmm. They're put clothed in Christ. Christ. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that something God does for us? No, we are passive in that particular text. Yeah. We're, oh, we are, grammar matters. Yeah, huh? it does. <laughs> and that's a verse I will, would go to. Uh, someone who would fight me on mm-hmm. uh, infant baptism, but we are passive in that text, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and God is doing the work. And we yeah. would remember in 
in previous episodes that we've highlighted that the theological connection to Galatians 3.27 mm-hmm. is the end of Genesis chapter 3, mm-hmm. where God himself provides better clothing for Adam and Eve than the fig leaves that they had already covered themselves yeah, with. Right. Right? Jesus is our better clothing. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we put Yay. on Jesus? All right. Through baptism. And then finally... Actually, we don't... Put well, him on. He puts it on yeah. us. Yes, yeah. The Jesus grammar jacket. matters. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. It does. Sorry. <laughs> and then finally, you know, we'll skip ahead. We're not going to do this. Is not going to be exhaustive because we're already mm-hmm. over time. First mm-hmm. Peter three fifteen. Yeah. Holy cow, that went fast. Yeah. Right. First Peter three twenty two. Three twenty one. Yeah. Three twenty one. Baptism. Now, now saves. saves. Not Say as a again removal. With us. No. Not, as a, <laughs> not as a bath. <laughs> not as a removal from dirt yeah. from the body, but as an appeal but, to God. For, for a, a good, clean conscience. And who does the work there? So it's not like us trying to clean off ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's God cleaning us out mm-hmm. from the inside out through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we would remember our clean conscience is Jesus. Absolutely. Right. Second Corinthians 5. The righteousness of God is revealed mm-hmm. apart from the law. It is a yeah. totally gift from God. And all of these reasons for baptism or why baptism uh, speak into the next couple of topics of who, baptism, who, and, who and, and, how. and how, right. So um, let's wrap up this episode before we go 45 I minutes. know, we can keep yeah. going. I've got a verse again that, re- that points toward baptism is not a work of man. Yeah, go. Uh, baptism Good. is a work of God. It's a little longer, but I'm going to read it anyway. Colossians chapter 2. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by the canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on the sacrament of baptism. God bless you and have a great week.